Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Return to the Lord your God, for God is what? Gracious and also merciful. This is kind of a hard one for me. Slow to anger. <laughs> Anyone else? And abounding in steadfast love. And then you get that great repeat. And abounding in steadfast love. Anytime you get a repeat throughout scripture, it's like God is going, burr, 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 burr. announcement, hear ye, hear ye. Oh, what? That was twice. See what I mean? You pay attention to it a little bit more. So when we think about God, what I want you to think about is what does it mean to have a God that is so full of love that it's abounding, that it's moving towards you in ways that you you can't even imagine or anticipate. Now, most of us have heard that particular gospel acclamation, but you may wonder why do we only sing it during the season of Lent? I have my suspicions on that. I didn't read up on it. I'm just shooting from the hip here. My thoughts are, well, one, because there are no alleluias during Lent as we prepare for the resurrection ascension of Jesus as he makes his way to the cross during the 40 days, right? Two, Psalm 145 is a reminder of God's overwhelming love, and we clearly need that during Lent when we're often told that we're... uh, Well, we do a lot of introspection, and then we end up sort of in loops sometimes about how could I be better, and repentance, and all those big fancy church terms. And thirdly, I think, um, we need to be reminded to return to the Lord our God. Isn't that why we worship here? We return on Sundays, we return to Christ in our homes, we return to scripture, we return and, and ponder anew what God has done for us. Um, and I say this because I often think, and I don't think I'm alone in this, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull you again. This is a polling sermon, call and response. Um, is there anybody else who thinks that you can go it alone? I can do it myself. I am a rock. I am an island. Right, okay, so we think we can do it ourself. But the truth of the matter is that we absolutely cannot do things alone. I know this for sure. I know that I can do I cannot do much of my life alone. We are called to live in community. It is the place where we can find the support that we need when we're going through difficult times. I've been thinking of the many funerals that we have had um particularly in 2023 because it's been so recent, but of all the ones over the 20-plus years that I've participated here at All Saints and 25 overall, and it's in those times of grief and loss that people show up for each other. Uh, Meal trains, the old casserole committee, cards of comfort, the swell of voices blending together as we sing songs, of praise to the one who knit us together in our mother's womb. 
I think we all need that holy nudge sometimes. I call the Holy Spirit the holy nudge. <laughs> it's sometimes a little violent and surprising to return to the Lord our God. Because God is truly, what? Gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes I am not slow to anger. I have my moments. In fact, most of you know that I get royally ticked off when it comes to injustices that are directed at those who have no voice. And today, saints and siblings, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. And I want to show you why I have been so incredibly hurt and mad and sad and all the big feelings over the last month or so. Some of you may not have picked up on that. I have the front room, right? And then I have the back room. As a senior pastor in a public office, one of the responsibilities is that we are truly Christian public leaders. And it is part of our job to make sure that what we're putting out into the world is good and generous and grace-filled. So I Googled myself. This is something that uh, senior pastors absolutely have to do. I would do it for associates as well. But if you're a Christian public leader, you need to Google yourself. So I did that. And I was starting to feel really good about myself, right? Like, oh, All Saints Lutheran Church, senior pastor. Woo! And like, oh, Daring Way facilitator for the Brene Brown, you know, whatever. And then, oh, Luther Sam, or oh, she's a potter, whatever. And that's when I saw a malicious post. It was a clear defamation of character. Do not try to look it up because it is gone. Yay. Thank you. I completely spun out when I saw that. I was so mad and I was so sad and I was so frustrated. I didn't. I didn't know what to do with myself. So um, that's when I went back to Brene Brown. She has these four affects that can help us regulate ourselves when we are flipping freaking out. Okay? One is guilt. Guilt is I did something wrong. I said something wrong. I'm going to make amends for it and do better next time. Humiliation is when somebody says you did something wrong, but you didn't do anything wrong. Embarrassment is Mary Catherine Gallagher when she falls down on the stage and springs back up and says, Superstar! (laughs) But if you're not able to articulate which one of those three affects are happening, you go directly to shame. And shame tells you you are worthless, you are not acceptable, You are not lovable, you're alone, and you just want to crawl into a hole and cry. Or do something stupid. Drink too much, shop too much, do all the things that aren't edifying to your spirit. So, after I had a little talk with myself, I realized that it was humiliation, which I needed to realize. But you can never feel it in the moment. So... I know I did nothing wrong. So that's when I asked for help. 
I texted a friend of myself, and in all caps, which I rarely do, but Jack LaVolle does in every email. (laughs) I need help. Say it with me. I need help. Those are three of the hardest words to say, along with one other word, which is Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) Two words. You're welcome. So my friend shows up, and now in in retrospect, I have shared this feeling of humiliation with several people, uh, certainly the staff and the church council, because it had to do with my role here as a Christian public leader. Uh, my family and my family. And the result has been overwhelming support with a splash of grace followed with compassionate words of hope. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for all of that. This is me telling you all that it is good to ask for help. It's hard, but we're not designed to go it alone. In fact, that friend that I asked for the help was a neighbor just down the street, three houses down from mine. She's a lawyer with the same firm that represents the St. Paul Area Synod, meaning they get and understand fully what it means to have a case of defamation placed on your doorstep. So she sent the coolest demand letter to this guy, to the pastor. It was a pastor who posted the false accusation, and he took it down immediately. It still did not make the pain go away. I've been hopping mad about it for weeks now. That being said, when I was able to start talking about it, about sharing my burdens with others, a shift literally happened in my heart like you saw right here at the kids' sermon. When we distribute the heavy bricks and burdens in our lives, our hearts can be lighter. I started to let go of my anger and I moved towards rest and play. I actually put myself out and I put myself in holy time out for five days. Yes. This is what you have to do when you get hurt because you're not good for public consumption. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. And know that I am God. Oh, crazy. I might not be in charge of everything. Weird. And how about I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And it helped me to hear the words of my attorney when she wrote the following at the end of the case. And I quote my friend Lainey. Our main victory has been to get the post removed. Our next victory will be in keeping our eyes on the truth knowing that truth always prevails, and in the midst of darkness, light will create victory that is hard to quantify. Spoken like a lawyer, but I think we get her point. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, working on that, and abounding in steadfast love, and abounding in steadfast love. And again and again, this is that great reminder in Scripture. Just crack open your Bibles to Matthew 11, right at the end of it. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is especially helpful because the people that we need are in the closest seats to us when we're in difficult times of life. They're cheering us on, reminding us that we're not alone over and over and over again. Those people who are sitting in the cheap seats that hurl insults or create disturbances in our society, their opinion does not matter. Especially when it's some random person on social media who doesn't even know who you are or the integrity that you have as a human being. It's actually why we're in such a weird drift right now in societal regression, by the way. So it has helped me to land on these words of grace over and over and over again. I want to share with you one last thing, and this is where the note came from. So if you find this to be helpful, I will make it available. Uh, there's a book that was written by Dr. Vivek Murthy. I did not have a list there. It's Murthy. Uh, together, the healing power of human connection during a sometimes lonely world. Uh, so four suggestions. Ready? Spend time each day with those you love. <clears throat> Devote at least 15 minutes each day to connecting with those that you love the most. You say it's simple, but it is intentional. Two, focus on each other. Forget about multitasking and give the other person the gift of your full attention. Making eye contact, if possible, and gently listening. Um, when you're talking to someone and you have your cell phone in your hand and you're playing Candy Crush, it's not likely that you're hearing everything that they're saying. Three, embrace solitude. The first step towards building stronger connections with others is building a stronger connection with yourself. Meditation, prayer, art, music, time spent outdoors can all be sources <clears throat> excuse me, of solitary comfort and joy. And the last one, number four, is help and be helped. Service is a form of human connection that reminds us of our values and purpose of life. Checking in on a neighbor, seeking advice, even just offering a smile to a stranger, six feet away still, come on people, all of this can make us stronger. We don't have it, we do not, we absolutely do not have to go it alone. We were never meant to. And for this good news, we can all say, thanks be to God. Amen.